then their boss gets killed. Shop the same dude on Hanu kills the boss. It comes to find out, like, there's like a little prelude in the film where Will Smith's character explains he had a fling with a woman that practiced Santeria. In mm. Mexico, I believe. He hasn't seen her since. And he he was in like a bad road with her. Hmm. So his boss took him out of that and taught him to be a cop. He got his boss got taken out by the woman he had a flame with in the past. It turns out the woman had a kid. Hmm. He was the father, he didn't know. So yeah. yeah. Okay. You, with that emphasis, you wouldn't have liked. Uh, you wouldn't have liked Bad Boys for Life, just by the way it went up, carried out. I mean, Will Smith, he did make a few cracks, like the Opal Smith does in his movies, but it wasn't. It was basically you're looking at Will Smith not being Will Smith. Right. An example. Robert Williams in the movie, um, in the movie, oh shit, that sleeping disorder. But, well, you can't sleep. Insomnia. Yeah. Robert Williams in, in, in the movie Insomnia with uh, Al Pacino. Will Smith's playing a fucking killer in the movie. Every movie that Robert Williams has ever done, he's had that, I'm all about life and I'm gonna be funny. Even mm -hmm. though there's some serious shit. Insomnia, Robert Williams being a serial killer, or a killer, you can't see it. No. You don't want to see it. So, same thing with Will Smith. If you see him playing someone like so serious in a movie, and not have that little it, that little flickering of the wisecracking, you're not seeing him. You're seeing somebody else. Yeah. So with Will Smith doing Deadshot, was him. For him, him straight out. Yeah. I mean, I got... I mean, like, like I said... Suicide Squad because of him. I wasn't so sure on Margot Robbie. Right. Until she came... Until... Holy fuck. <laughs> she did a good Harley. But yeah, but like I said though earlier, it's like with Will Smith playing Floyd Larson, aka mm -hmm. Deadshot, you can actually see his character from one and two come into Suicide Squad. Yeah, Reed, bitch. <laughs> which is which was freaking awesome. I don't know how James Gunn did that, mm. but that was superb. Straight off the bat, that was superb. Yeah. But now, just reading all this, it, there's he's been putting Easter eggs into the movies. Yeah. Of Suicide Squad. Yeah. And now they're they're like I like I read, there's these Easter eggers. 
that find all Easter eggs in his movie, and James Gunn has been active yeah. on Twitter with everybody, and people have asked him, and he has firmly confirmed every single thing about his movies. All the Easter eggs. Yeah. That is in the first movie he did, the second one he did, and this third one. The third one that he did was The Toxic Avenger, which was from 1984. Yeah. On TV at the time. And he had it in the background on a TV in the prison. And now, supposedly, there's going to be another Suicide Squad coming out. Yeah. With the Toxic Avenger in it. But yeah, he, does, he doesn't know who's going to play it yet. No. I remember as a kid watching Toxic Avenger on TV. I honestly did not like the show. I didn't like it either. It was stupid. I was more of the Green Hornet. That was a TV show in the 80s. In the words of uh, Fluffy Guy, Gabriel Iglesias, um, that's, a fa- that's not who power. That's a fantasy. No, that was Batman. Yeah, he actually said Batman is like the, the freakiest one. Because the way his voice sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Mexican Batman. Yeah. But anyways, like I said, I was not a Toxic Avenger fan of the show when it was on the 80s. I yeah. was more of a Green Hornet. Then I thought, then I started thinking about it, as I just said it. The Green Hornet must have rolled from... The 1966 Batman. Yeah. And it's like, okay, can we see a Green Hornet in the Suicide Squad? You like Instead a of from the Green Hornet? No, Green Hornet was a good guy. I know. I mean, like a villain from the Green Hornet, like one of the Green Hornet villains or something. I don't know, because most of the villains in the Green Hornet TV series was not that good. Yeah. I mean, they they try, I give them credit for trying, but they did not try hard enough. Like the Peacemaker. Exactly. <laughs> like the Peacemaker, the fucking Polka Dot dude. His shit was good, though. Yeah, his shit didn't get good until almost, like, towards the end of the fucking movie. <laughs> But just, you know, putting the polka dot man in there, I'm like, what the fuck? This is going to really hurt James Gunn in the long run. One thing I think might have hurt James Gunn a bit is, like I said, killing off Boomerang and killing off Flag. Flag. Whatever. So I said Flag. You said Flag. I said Flag. Killing those two characters off, it might have hurt him a little bit. Well, in one, in the first Suicide Squad, the second one, and this one, I really did not care for Flag. Well, I always thought that he was the most pompous ass ever put into the movie. 
I thought that two at first, um, the, the first one that we have, the first Suicide Squad that we have, I thought that too. But you kind of see him, like, snap out of his pompous ass. Just when it started to get into the finale of the movie. Right. Then he was actually liked. Yeah. He was liked throughout the Suicide Squad. And yeah. then they kill him off. Bird of Prey. He wasn't in Bird of Prey. I thought he was. No. Hmm. The Birds of Prey was mainly of chick film. Oh, yeah, that's right, too. Um, Flag, he was in Suicide Squad, the one we have. Right. And the Suicide Squad. They kill him off right at the at technically, if you want to call it, right at the end. Towards, right, very close to where the ending is. Mm-hmm. And... You can actually if, um, imagine people seeing that and getting pissed. Yeah. Going, why the fuck did, would you kill him off? Why not kill off Cena's character? His was more, more fucking annoying. Yeah, the Peacemaker. That was another but, stupid I mean, character. S- silver lining, he gets taken out by the dude with the, dude with the guns. Deadsport. Deadsport. Yeah. You just take it up at Deadsport with one fucking bullet. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. That's the other thing, too. (laughs) Deadsport. I'm trying... I'm trying... I went back online and I'm going through, like, Marvel and DC comics and everything, trying to find out, okay, where did this character come from in the first place? Because I've never heard of it. Now, granted, I... I started being raised in Marvel comics. Yeah. Okay. Then when the DC comics were appearing and everything, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to stay with Marvels, but I'm going to check out the DC comics. Okay, I got into Batman from the DC comics. As did I. Not a problem. I got into Superman from the DC comics. I got into... Superman's Marvel. But DC comics also had Superman as well. This I remember. Yeah, carrying them up with others. Right. Then I got into The Flash for a little bit, but not too much. His his comic story started to really suck after about maybe like the third comic book. He's then, then I got into Wonder Woman and a few other characters I can't remember the name of, but in both sides, there was never a Peacemaker. There was never Polka Dot Man. Yeah. There wasn't Boomerang. There wasn't um, Deadshot at the time. And all the other characters that are in the Suicide Squad was never there. Yeah. Like uh, Black Mask. No, wasn't Black there. Mask was. Roman Cyanus. Not in Marvel and not in DC. But they had him in the Batman game. Right. So he was part of DC. Which is... Black Mask... That's my point. That's my point, though. They have him in a video game, which is under DC. Batman is under DC. But if you go back to the comic books of DC for Batman, 
there was never a comic book villain called Black Mask, Roman Cyanus, until the game came out. I got online, I looked, nothing. I'm like, okay, where are they getting these kind of characters from to put them in, like, DC or put them in Marvel? I can tell you. How do they fit? I mean, yeah, Polka Dot Man was, like, way back in the freaking 70s. Yeah. Okay? Not really popular. Nobody even cared. Then you have Black Mask. Yeah. Okay, no comic book on him whatsoever. Peacemaker. Okay, Peacemaker was back in the 60s. Yeah. Nobody cared. Nobody really watched or bought a comic book of the Peacemaker. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, why would you bring these characters in to something like this when nobody really cares? They only care about what they grew up with is what you should put in the movie. Like Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Green Hornet. You already got Batman and Robin. Yeah. You got the Joker. You got Mr. Freeze. You got Catwoman. You got the Penguin. You got the Riddler. You got Joker. You got Harley Quinn. You got Deadshot. All those characters is what we grew up with. It's the characters we bought comic books for. Yeah. And now you're introducing new characters that never been in a comic book, never been on TV, but you have them in video games. Like Rachel Ghoul and his daughter Talia Ghoul. Yeah. You have um, Barbara Gordon. Which is known as the Oracle. Yeah. They were in the comic books. So it's like... And these are all Easter eggs that are coming out in movies. Mm. And, that's what, and now you have the Easter eggers. <laughs> just watching the movie and just looking for Easter eggs. They're not really watching the movie. I don't like Easter eggs. If I want Easter eggs, hey, I'll wait to freaking April <laughs> for the Easter Bunny to come hopping by and just dropping the Easter eggs <laughs> out of his asshole. Don't put Easter eggs in freaking movies. Nobody cares. Then I gotta spend 20 bucks on a fucking ticket just to watch an entire movie and look for Easter eggs. You know, I just thought of this. If I'm going to spend $20 on a movie ticket to go watch a movie at a movie theater yeah. and spend about $60, $70, on refreshments and fucking whatever they also have out there in the front, mm. I'll do that and I'm going to sit there and watch the fucking movie. I'm not going to look for fucking Easter eggs. Easter eggs don't mean shit in a movie. And it's like, why? Who the hell came up with this g garbage of Easter eggs in the first place for movies? Why even have them in there? Why have these Easter eggers out here now looking instead of watching the fucking movie? 
spending yeah. good money to watch a, a well-made movie, as all the critics say. Yeah. But they just go and look for Easter eggs. It's not a movie if you're going to pay $20 and just look for fucking Easter eggs. Throw yeah. a two and semi-hour minute movie. I'm going to sit there, drink my drink, eat my goodies, and watch a fucking movie. If I want to look for Easter eggs, I'll go find the fucking Easter Bunny. Unless you're paying me to look for Easter eggs in the movie, then fine. I'll sit there and watch for Easter eggs all day long. <laughs> as long as you're paying me. You know what? With you mentioning Easter eggs, people... <coughs> <clears throat> I'm okay. People that go to the movie theaters to see a horror movie, they look for Easter eggs too for that. In that. But you don't hear about it though. You don't hear about it in stories that you're going to look up and they're like, okay, I saw this movie, here's my review of it. And then three, four days later, you'll see it up online, and you start reading it, and like, okay, everything that I said two, three days ago matches up with the story, but there's a little bit more here, and now they're saying, oh, there was Easter eggs in a fucking movie. And you just spent $20 watching a, a movie two, three days ago that you love. Yeah. But yet you don't see anybody talking about Easter eggs, like Chucky, for instance. Let's go back to Chucky. Yeah. 1988, when it first came out. Yeah. Did you go and watch it on TV and find Easter eggs through the whole fucking thing from Don Mancini? No. What? I didn't watch them on TV because the good shit's always cut. The movies itself, um, watch it on DVD or whatever, I don't see Easter eggs, but the people that say, oh, they they watch horror movies to get paid for uh, finding Easter eggs, supposedly, what they do, what they really do, is they go there to a horror movie in the movie theaters to try to basically, like, rip it apart. Like, instead of doing, like, both sides, like, what's good, what sucked, what would make it better. Uh, for DC and MC fans to see the movies, um, which technically Easter eggs is another term for, for how to, how to pick it apart. How to find what suck. Or, if something makes sense, don't make sense. Hey, let's make something up. Exactly. That, that I can understand is an Easter egg. But, that's one difference compared to what I just talked, what we just talked about. Yeah. And these Easter eggers now. <laughs> looking at the movie and saying, oh, there's an Easter egg, there's an Easter egg, there's an Easter egg. Fuck you in the Easter eggs looking. Go there, watch the whole goddamn movie. 
If you want to throw out Easter eggs, hey, not a problem. You can depict the damn movie afterwards. Yep. Or wait till the damn DVD comes out, buy it, watch it at home, and write down certain things that are Easter eggs to you. And say, okay, this worked perfect, here's an Easter egg. Yeah. This didn't work perfect, there's another Easter egg. This part entirely sucks, there's another Easter egg. Do it that way. If you're going to spend 20 bucks on a fucking ticket. Uh, Other than that, if you're going to spend 20 bucks to see a fucking movie, don't fucking look for the Easter eggs. You want to go look for Easter egg? Go pay the fucking Easter buddy to come over to your house and fucking shit Easter eggs out of his asshole. <laughs> Be right back. What thing that I just thought of? What if somebody did a movie did like a horror Suicide Squad. With or without fucking Easter eggs? <laughs> without. Like, for example, you got... Like, the biggest horror icons. Jason. Freddy. Or I should say, Jason. Michael Myers. Freddy. Chucky, Ghostface, and maybe a couple other ones, I don't know. But, say like, there's those five horror icons, and they become a horror version of the Suicide Squad. They kill anyway. <laughs> I would pay money to go see that. Pair of those fo- those five. They want to kill each other. Go ahead, you can kill each other, but you gotta kill these people first. Yeah, I, I could pay <laughs> money for that. See if a romance comes out of one of the five. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay money to go see that. Not a problem. So I. As long as there's no fucking Easter eggs. But if somebody did, did do something like that and they and they said, "Hey, look look for Easter eggs in the movie," fuck that. I'm gone. I would not want to go watch a movie with fucking Easter eggs when somebody says, "Hey, in this movie, there's fucking Easter eggs." No, no. Like, I I see that I see that in the opening credits. I'm gone. I see. Okay. I'll be asking my goddamn money back. To, uh, to agree about why people have to go p- get paid to go to a movie theater and look for Easter eggs. Why that's as bad, or that's the same thing. As you do a reboot of something, and you get asked to do a reboot, when you've been trying to get into horror for years, and be told, oh, it's a horror movie, but it's not the one you really wanted. We're rebooting it. This is the, uh, the emphasis in the plot. Fuck no! An example of that, my friend Brian from college got a job at the fucking reboot studio. Mm-hmm. It was trying to pitch for me to go and play the mother. 
instead of someone that's supposed to be a comedian. I, I don't know. And, and I stated, which I actually, Paramount can vouch for because I had a call from the director, one of the directors, and I automatically knew it was the director, the director from It, the mm -hmm. movie. Yep. Saying, oh, a friend of yours uh, from college pitched me the idea to hire you for our reboot. After I already punched Brian in the face and told him to go fuck off. Yep. I went, uh, yeah. If this is about having me, a horror fanatic, and probably one of the biggest horror critics on the planet, offering me a role any horror movie from a franchise that's still fucking going and is a slap in the face to the people that created it. Mm. And the um, fucking I mean, Brian said it, but the director was more funny. Going, oh, it's it's our different version take on it. It's still it's still called Child's Play. It's the doll's name's still Chucky, but not the voice. We may not have the voice, but we got someone just as good, just incredible. It said Mark Hamill. Ah, okay, Mark Hamill, Luke. Fucking Skywalker is supposed to impress me doing a horror icon's voice. Is he a good actor? Yeah. Is he a good voiceover actor? Yeah. Can he do a horror version, horror movie icon voice? No. 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 People are not gonna like it. It's not the original guy. Nope. He's still breathing. He ain't pushing daisies. Ain't that the truth? Director, put it to me, well, I know from your friend, you haven't been able to get into the franchise. Right. Your age. I beg your pardon. You auditioned for Bride. You had it? But it got given to someone who never auditioned for it because of your age. You've been auditioning. You haven't got in because you sound like him. What does that have to do with the price of tea in Japan? It's China. It's better when you say Japan. His answer the fact that when you laugh and you have a, a laugh for a period of time your laugh turns into the icon voice laugh when you've gotten pissed in movie roles auditioning that's what comes out of your mouth exactly 
You sound too like it, too much like it. That's why you haven't been haven't been been cast in the movie. Gracious fucks. Uh, excuse you. Bride, do I still hate the bitch? Yeah. yeah. I hate her. She it ugly. Was I pissed that I didn't get in seed? No. Because I knew it was going to fit a different type. I knew it was going to, there was going to be a fucking kid. As sort of like a protagonist in it. I knew it. Uh, the end of Bride. Tiffany shits out a fucking, a fucking baby doll. You know that's going to be the C the one called C. I knew I wasn't going to get it. Mm -hmm. Or get in. Did I audition for Curse? Yes. One of the people very close to the movie, franchise, I'm not going to say his name, because technically I'm under a bind on it, stated... There is something in the in this for you. I don't know what that is yet. Fiona? Durif? I could see her playing a character in one of the move in one of the franchise movies. As like maybe like a pompous cunt. <laughs> But, was I sold on her doing the lead? No. That's why I auditioned for it. Mm -hmm. Did I have some issues trying to maneuver in a fucking wheelchair? Yeah. That goes with the audition process. It takes a specific type of training as an actor to portray someone that's that's quadriplegic. Acting schools do not teach that. It's gotta come naturally. The only thing came close I've ever done where I had to actually use something to help me walk is a staff. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't use a crutch. I'd use a staff. Did I audition for Colt? Yeah, I auditioned for Colt. I was given a couple shots, but the shot will lead, lead into the full franchise. Yep. One, I auditioned for two of them. Two roles. I knew I wasn't going to get Nika. I auditioned for one of the nurses. No. I auditioned for, um, but they settled for an uh, Asian girl. They couldn't see me doing that. The rage part? Yeah, they saw that. The other part of it? No, they couldn't see it. Mm. The way the girl uh, that had her head cut off 
um, just had tears come out of her eyes naturally, I can't do that. Mm. To even come close to crying, something has to affect me quick, affect me that way. Yep. Other than that, I'm a fucking time bomb. I don't let out. I like not like all people. They get upset and they start crying. I can't do that. Mm. It's a big walking time bomb. Yeah. Is that dangerous in my conditions? Yeah. Yes. It is. But that's how I was fucking raised. Yep. And not by my biological parents. Mm. Um, did I audition for the other fe other female? No. I was supposed to, but the one close to the franchise said, no, we can't have to do that. You're a mother. That would probably want you to have come kill us hmm. if he had you do that type of role. And that's the one with the black hair. I didn't have to see the script to know what they meant until I saw the movie. Uh -huh. The way the girl with the black hair was thought one of the Chuckies was her kid. And I'm like, okay, this is why I was not asked to audition for that one. I got a bad feeling this role killed her kid. Oh. I was right. But just because I wasn't given a shot yet doesn't mean I'm going to piss off at him. You try to fill in my head. Oh, you audition for every movie. You haven't gotten in. You sound too much like him. You laugh too much like him. You blow up just like he does. Obviously, they don't want you. We want you. I said, you know what I'm going to do right now? Have you stand in front of me and my husband live on you on Facebook recording me kicking you in the fucking nuts? So hard, your fucking nuts and your dick comes out of your mouth, and you gotta get it re-sewn. Ouch. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, we did see um, uh, Space Jam Legacy when I was recuperating. He... Mainly, Gabriel Iglesias was playing Speedy Gonzalez. He was good. Not as close to the original. The original guy cartoon. that did Speedy in the cartoon. But he came very close. Yes, I just give, there. Yeah, I give him credit for that. <clears throat> but um, the movie itself, thumbs down for me. Yeah, it sucked. Um, did see Candyman, the reboot. Um, 
here. It might sound like I'm degrading the, re the original and the reboot of Candyman. Uh, the original reboot, the original movie of Candyman, had uh, Tony Todd, a real person, be the supernatural force as Candyman. Candyman, Tony Todd, was a separate entity, much like Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, in Nightmare on Elm Street movies, is a separate person playing a supernatural force. Tony Todd, as Candyman, was a supernatural force separate from a living person. And Tony Todd's iconic for that. And very good actor. The reboot had the urban setting. Had the rustic, rural, urban setting the original didn't have. It had it. They had the legends of Candyman as the original. You say his name five times, he comes back, he comes and kills you. Bloody Mary. Every fucking mirror rendition of Bloody Mary is Candyman. In fictional world, it's Candyman. Technically, if I think about it, to summon Candyman in the reboot five times. It's the same amount of times you say the, say his name in the original. So, I'm going to put this question out there. So, at what fucking time should someone who's supposed to be the protagonist in a horror movie of that setting embody and become the fucking antagonist. At the fucking ending! Somebody explain that to me! Original Candyman, Tony Todd, separate supernatural entity, a separate being. Reboot, protagonist, Starts to think he's going crazy. The Candyman exists. And he start. You don't see it, but in the end, he fucking embodies and becomes Candyman. How the fuck does the protagonist become what the fucking movie is? <laughs> Someone explain that to me. Paramike, he didn't see most of it, but he saw the end of it. I didn't realize he was watching the end of it. I wasn't trying to pay attention. I was but, more I was more worried about you because you started to shake a bit. Well, I was getting pissed because I was cussing at the thing too. Yeah, well, I was. Well, I was trying to watch my stuff on YouTube uh, that I like. Paramite 
saw the entire ending of the Candyman reboot. Before I could say anything, after the movie was done... Well, I have to yell. Sorry. Paramike says, is it me? Or did they totally just fuck up the what Candyman is supposed to be? A separate being. What? No, it's not you. They, the reboot directors, literally took out the separate being entity and made the legends in the movie of the reboot as the protagonist the whole time. But, I mean, are the kills a little bit better than the original? Yeah, they are. Especially with the bratty kid, bratty eighteen-year-old brats. <laughs> Those kills were good. I have to give that credit. That is good. Another kill. Two. P Somebody says the name five times. They start. They start uh, getting laid, and they get killed off while they're having sex and technically. Who the fuck hasn't seen that? That's real fucking original. So, my rating for Candyman Reboot. Based on, no, based on the ending. Even though there's good parts, there's a, a smidge of few, few parts. Zero. See, that's what I said, zero. Just by the fucking ending. You can have a decent movie from the beginning, but once it starts to look that the ending's gonna be shit, that's where the rating drops. So, it's a zero. Um, I know I'm stuck supposed to do a rating for Halloween Kills this month, because that's coming out next week, this coming week. If I, if I get it, I would probably have to wait for like about a day maybe, because I have an app on my phone, this, I have an app where you can watch Movies, like all types of movies, even movies that come to theaters, you just have to wait a day, maybe two. So, when Halloween Kills comes out, maybe a day or two, I'll watch that and give a rating on it, or I'm not going to hear it from my brother. <laughs> so, anyway. Anyway, since I only read one story, I got this one. Everybody knows about the Conjuring movies franchise, right? Of course. There was Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Conjuring 3. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of ghost hunters uh -huh. have been to this place in Rhode Island. 
where supposedly the first conjuring started. Well, this was back in what was it last month? Um, yeah, last month. Yeah. In September, I was holding on to the story, but due to the fact that Paralor went through a bunch of surgeries, I've held this story for a while. The Conjuring House in Rhode Island is listed for. I hope you guys are all sitting down on your seats. Take my glasses off for a little bit. One point two million dollars. Just two years after the last sale price. And in famously, that's how it's put, Haunted House in Rhode Island is up for sale again. Yeah. Anyone interested... In buying the house, should be aware, however, that it is the inspiration for the highly successful Conjuring movies and is said to be haunted by a witch. Fucking folklore bastards. The house is from the very first film of the horror movie series. According to the real estate listing, the three-bedroom, two-bathroom house in Burrillville, Rhode Island, is priced at $1.2 million. In the listings, the house is referred to as an extraordinary piece of cultural history. Quotations. As depicted in the 2013 film, Mm -hmm. the Perron family moved into the home in the 1970s. While there, they claim that they experience supernatural phenomenon. The house was investigated by the two famous people of all time Yes, that started this, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Paranormal... such a nice woman. Yeah. Paranormal investigators who rose to fame during the time period. In the film, the house was haunted by a witch who had lived in the area during the 1800s. The film claims that the events it depicts are based on actual occurrences. Mm -hmm. According to the listings, the current caretakers have reported countless happenings in the house and have turned overnight guests, bookings, and group events on the property into a steady, successful business. Why the hell are you selling it? Don't know. Fox News 
previously reported that Corey and Jennifer Heinzen yeah. had purchased a house in ni- in 2019. Yeah, they did. At the they time, at the time, they said had immediately fallen in love with the property. Mm-hmm. The couple also stated that they heard footsteps and knocks from empty parts of the house and that empty rooms would randomly flash with light. Not lights, light. Light. Huh? Light. No, no, no. You know, um, hold on before you even say anything to what she just put. Let me finish. Even if there were no lights, oh, now we get the word lights in the room to begin with. The couple claimed to feel a presence, although they said it did not feel like an evil presence. And that's it for that story. Mm. Now back to what our moderator said. Yeah. I don't believe the house is a haunt. I don't believe the house is as haunted as they say. I think it was the family that had attachments. Saying the parent family? Let's see. How many people have investigated that house that's we've seen on TV so far. Mm-hmm. Ghost Adventures. Um, I'm sorry. Adventures. Sorry, let me back that up. It wasn't Ghost Adventures first. Is that, um, it was Taps. John Zaffis kind of helping him with that. Yeah. The grand, the godfather of paranormal, John Zaffis. John Zaffis and he, his team's done it. Yeah. Then we got to Zach and his crew. Yes. He's been wanting to get in there for a long time. So, we've seen all three of them that yeah. had a TV show on sci-fi. And, yeah, and Zach... Except for Ghost Adventures. Yeah, because Zach got uh, one of the kids that lived in the house, mm. one of the parent kids, okay. confirmed um, most of the claims. Right. The energy... If it's dark, demonic, nobody knows. She, the cha, the adult, one of the adults of the chi, of the children that live there, doesn't know if it's bad either. Right. There is an energy to the house, as well as the grounds. Zach. He felt that hit energy and lost a sense of time. She just says yes. <laughs> lost sense of time. But Zach even said, I don't know what this is. It's not evil. But it's not dark. Right. But, you know. It's like. In the middle. Right. But like I, like I said before, 
I saw the movie Conjuring. So did I. For the very first time. And I'll put that up there shortly to go there. And it didn't show that type of house. No. It was a full-size... Farmhouse. No, no, no. It was a full-size family house. Yeah. You had the first floor, you had a second floor, and you had the attic. Yeah. And the house was green and white. And there was a bunch of trees all the way around the damn place. Yeah. But it wasn't in Rhode Island. That's the thing, because yeah. I know Rhode Island very well. Mm. You will not find a house in the movie of Conjuring surrounded by a bunch of damn trees. Nope. At all. Unless you plant the trees there yourself and you want to hide your house. Okay. That I can understand. To explain that, because Dave Schrader had to explain it to me. Because I asked him the same question. Hold on, hold on. But with this one, in Rhode Island, it's just a one family house. Supposedly, it's haunted. Supposedly yeah. there's activity going on and all these ghost hunters always going there, paying the owners to do an investigation and everything, like Taps did, like John Zaffis and his team did. Zach like, didn't pay for it. Like Zach and them did. And all these other ones that I've seen on YouTube mm -hmm. doing it. You know, you, you had, like, uh, people from Ohio, you had people from West Virginia, you had people from Florida, all over the place. Mm. Go to this place, do a live video on YouTube of it, and it's like, the stories keep changing. When Ghost Adventures was there, and we seen it... yeah. We got it. He brought in this woman. Yeah. That, according to her, she originally lived there. Mm. From the time the place was purchased in her name, all the way up to all those activities started. And she said that she met Ed and Lorraine Warren. As a child. Now... With all the stuff that we heard from Ed and Lorraine Warren, yeah, that's been said by other people instead of Ed and Lorraine Warren themselves about this so-called conjuring house in Rhode Island, mm -hmm. I say that for some reason it was bullshit. I think most of the stuff that Ed and Lorraine did was slightly bullshit, but there's more questions than there are answers from Ed and Lorraine Warren doing what they did at this house. And in the Conjuring movie, the first one, like I said, it was a big, tall, freaking 
family home where you got the first floor, the second floor, and the attic that was green and white with trees all the way around it was not even close to what this house is. That Ed and Lorraine Warren did their investigations on and different things that came up where, oh, there was a witch in the house, or there was a, a baby that died in the house. There's no truth to that. And put this up here. She says, I have always been a little disappointed in the different investigations. Can I talk now? Go ahead. I asked Dave Schrader the exact things you said. The house in the first Conjuring movie, it isn't the one in Rhode Island. Due to the fact it was Warner Brothers, they believed the house that is shown in the first movie would have more of a creepy vibe to it because of how the story of it was. Mm -hmm. That's why the people on YouTube were saying, oh, this is a conjuring house, and it's not. It looks just like it, but it's not. All that is, is nothing but trying to get members to actually buy your shit. Um, the um, girl, the woman that Zach had at that farmhouse in Rhode Island, uh, they sure had converted it. It is the house that inspired the Conjury movies because of the events. The woman Zach was interviewing was one of the kids that lived in the house. Um, which Dave Schrader confirmed through John Zaffis, who's investigated the house, confirmed it is the real house in Rhode Island. It is the real one. The um, stuff the woman said to Zach is exact to what John Zaffis has said. John Zaffis, he would know. He's been there, he grew up around it. He would know. Do some people kind of <coughs> blow things out of proportion? Because they see something in a movie and they think that's the real deal. When there's one thing when it comes to movies, when it's based on people like the Warren, like Ed and Ray, it's the events that are fact. 
sometimes people, when they make movies about actual events that happen, we know what Hollywood does. They amp shit and add stuff in there that shouldn't even be in there. And I agree. So, the uh, movie, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, which is fucking kind of funny. 1981 through 1986 are all called Demon Years because 1981. And in fact, 1981, Devil Made Me Do It uh, thing came out. It was before I was born. Which I was rolling. In the movie theaters. The events of The Devil Made Me Do It were there. The actual events were there. But the thing that should have been was a little more history with the little boy that was originally possessed before uh, the guy was. Uh, should have been a little more story on the boy what led up to the boy's condition and then and then to the guy. Instead of Oh, let's start it with exorcism of the kid. Ed having the heart attack. And then full-blown into the guy. With some shit added into it to kind of prove that Lorraine had a freaking gift. Yeah. Which was always kind of funny here in those stories. Lorraine making cops look stupid. More than they already are. <laughs> Wasn't very hard for her to do that. <laughs> Come wasn't on hard now. for me either. Ow. Isn't hard for me either. And I asked Dave Schrader, what is it with movie studios take making movies that they feel would have a better outcome than actual movie on the shit that happens. Mm -hmm. That makes... That pisses me off. Because I knew Lorraine. My husband knew Lorraine. She was the nicest woman on the planet. Yeah, I met her at STCC before. That, we also, met, also met her a couple times in Lower East Side of Hell. Yeah. He's like... Yeah, I remember you saying that before when I was pulsing up um, the rain's um, memorial death. I went, yeah. I mean, I didn't take it as hard as I as some people I know or people that know me. I didn't take it as hard with her. I mean, I knew her, but I was never fully around her. I just knew her. Ed. Okay, he may come off like he's a simpleton because of how his structure is. Did he have an aura? Yeah. But 
what I think and what I believe, it probably blew a few things that maybe a little out of proportion. There was one a- example, one main example, fucking Annabelle. There was a lot that he blew out of proportion. The main one's the fucking regular and all. Exactly. That and Robert the Doll. I mean... Don't get me started with that shit. I mean, Annabelle, you know, the movie came out. I think there's like, what, two or three so far? Already? Oh, Annabelle? Yeah. There's three. They based it on a stuffed doll... That has a demon in it. Way, way back in time... That didn't have regular hand dolls that size. No, not not super size. Like holy crap, this thing's bigger than a freaking baby that's walking. As a kid, as a looked as big as a fucking almost maybe you, five and a half year old kid. Yeah, or w- what you see in like theme parks or little carnivals. Yeah. They based that entire goddamn movie or movies. Mm-hmm. On a Raggedy Ann doll from a cartoon. Porcelain. And they use a porcelain doll. Yeah. Because porcelain dolls, they give up that creepy vibe. Yeah. They all base it on a fucking stupid cartoon. Mm. Raggedy Ann and Andy. Maybe from the 80s, there was some good shit in the 80s. Horror movies. Hello. Other shit, I don't even want to even be in the same area. Because it's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, how, how are you going to base a oversized, seven, almost a seven-foot-tall freaking plush doll that, that looks like handmade. that looked like Raggedy Ann? Handmade. Not even... To being a possessed doll from a fucking cartoon movie. I mean, because if, if these dolls that were created by a company from a, yeah. from a warehouse to be sold to the public yeah. all over the goddamn world, how is a plush doll going to get possessed by, by an evil entity if it came from a factory and you purchased the fucking thing? Or come up with the... Um with the um, story of, oh, uh, it was given to someone that was a nurse. A guy came over, the girls, uh, the nurse knew. And he gets scratched. Um, due to the fact I can vouch for this, and so can't my brother, I've seen the real Annabelle. It's not a porcelain doll. Like it is depicted in the freaking Annabelle movies. It is a fucking oversized, the size of a five and a half year old kid. Mm-hmm. Of Raggedy Ann doll. Right. Which I knew, even when I first saw it, and I was like in my teens, that. They didn't make Raggedy Ann dolls that big. No. 
it was just normal size little puppet dolls. Yep, that doll was that was big. that was stuffed with stuffing, like you find it in your pillows or in a couch. That Raggedy Ann doll that I've seen does not have uh, the mark, the marker the the uh, Raggedy Ann dolls have. Right. Nor did it have the freaking tag. Full blown handmade. Right. I said, my, uh, Richie was with me. My dad brought me to her to find out if I really was having visions of Alex getting killed or if it were just nightmares. Yeah. And if I actually really did ha was born with the stuff that I have. Right. Alex was with me, with us, but as soon as the energy I got drawn to was that doll, I wasn't affected negatively by it. Did I touch it? No. One, because I knew how to read. Do not touch. Do not touch. Alex, he fucking hightailed it. And he always came off like he was a tough tough guy. Until there was... Right, until fucking Annabelle, though. Mm. He turned tail and fucking ran. Exactly. I said to Ed, without even knowing what the fuck it was, I said... Could you be maybe throwing the, what is said about this doll, a little bit out of proportion? I feel an energy to it. It's not negative. If it is supposedly possessed by a demon, then... Obviously, since this was handmade and not a real licensed Raggedy Ann doll, then you kind of have to think, maybe, wait, maybe this was intended to be made and given to the person that originally had it to get even with whoever it was that received it. The name Annabelle, people don't think, oh, it's a regular end doll. No, they think it's a fucking porcelain doll. Right. I mean, I get why the Annabelle movies went with a porcelain doll. It gave off that vibe. Haven't really seen what the phobia is for being afraid of dolls. But apparently it's a real thing. I get the clown one, that I get. But, since that day, I don't think, Ed wasn't afraid of me, but he was more frigid. He was more frigid and unsure if I was even fucking, if I was even haunted. 
Well, if you were haunted, I'd be in more trouble than I am now. Well, there are... <laughs> when you put me in a doghouse. Well, there are people that have attachments to them. They don't know it. Yeah, I know. He thought, to this day, and I didn't speculate, I just said it. Richie can confirm it. You think I have an attachment because of what Lorraine just confirmed that I was born as. Yeah. I do not know what this is. I just know it scared the shit out of one of my other, bro of my other brother. <laughs> Turn him into a bitch. But... Here's your dress. But it doesn't affect me. <laughs> like, you, it may affect other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a sign that says, Do not touch. Positively haunted. Which... Read between the lines, it says, do not touch. Respect. Respect it. Exactly. So, in retrospect, the story, don't even get started with Sapera. No, let's not go there. But, I knew the story that Ed mentions that John Zaff has heard from one of his relatives about the college kid being at the museum, taunting it, and then dying instantly in a freaking motor accident. And I'm not saying that it was a demonic attack, but I am saying if you taunt it, or taunt something that may have that, if you taunt an object or something that may be haunted and some fucked up shit happens to you, you fucking deserve it. Mm. If you don't respect it, you're go it's going to fuck with you. Right. But back to the point, though, of how this, how this stupid dog got haunted in the first place. Due to the fact that it was it was made in a warehouse factory from a cartoon of Raggedy Ann and Andy. The doll was created for the outer part. On the inner part, it's all... Um, I don't even know what the hell you would call it, but it's like stuffing. Ooh. What you see in couches or your pillows and everything. When you pull it apart, it's like spider webs and shit. Yeah. I want to know... How can something like that get possessed by an evil entity, but inside of it, it's all fucking stuffing? Or have some, and then some places the energy or spirit into it. And then years later, you get the porcelain style of Raggedy Ann that looks that looks like a whole different ballpark of a female in a porcelain doll and saying, oh, it's haunted, and that damn thing's got stuffing in it. I don't know. But it's all porcelain on the outside, but it's got stuffing on the inside. Ooh. How does that become haunted, possessed with an entity if there's only stuffing in the damn thing? 
that was created by a by a warehouse mm. factory. I honestly think that from Raggedy Ann to Annabelle, Robert the Doll, all the same thing. Mm. I think it's bullshit, over exaggerated. Misleading information all the way through, and I just don't believe none of it. Well, the Annabelle, Raggedy Ann, which it to me it's comical now. People see Raggedy Ann. Oh, it's an Annabelle. Yeah. It's just like Chucky. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Brad played a serial killer. Yeah. Except for the three different names. The three different names are actually real fucking murderers. Yeah, real serial killers. That actually lived. Yeah. And they make it into a movie, and then... Brad gets shot. Finds a good guy doll, which is nothing but fucking plastic and air. (laughs) And he puts himself into it as a possessed spirit. Yes. But yet the dance, the damn doll, is originally a fucking cabbage patch doll. It's a cabbage patch doll. That was yes. that was made the same way, plastic and fucking air from a factory. Now you have a possessed Chucky doll for the movie franchise. Yep. Nothing against Don Man City. I think I think it was great, but except for his choices for the fucking doll picking up. Oh, let's see. I want to make a horror fucking movie. I want to have a doll that kills everybody, and nobody fucking knows it. And bodies. What can as a child though? What can we use? What can we use? I know. Let's use a fucking cabbage patch doll. It's plastic. It's got air in it. It works great. (laughs) Raggedy Ann. Hmm. <laughs> Cloth on the outside for the for the body. Fucking white stuffing inside of it from toe to head. Mm. Let's say this got fucking possessed by an evil entity, and let's roll with it and see how far we can go. <laughs> oh look, Ed and, Lorraine, Ed and Lorraine Warren are paranormal investigators. Let's get them and say our doll's fucking haunted physically. Now let's see if we can get Ed to fucking over-exaggerate some bullshit that we tell him. And the bullshit that he could try to pick up. But let Lorraine say something almost similar. But yet you you watch her and you'd be like, This woman knows what bullshit Just well, like just like with the conjuring house here. Oh, this was this was the house that started the fucking movie franchise. Let's get some people to do it. No. Bullshit. The- 1975. Jaws film. Very- Amityville. Blaster. Amityville horrors. Okay. They have this house. Supposedly in Amityville. Amityville, New York. And let's 
let's shoot this house basically on the beachfront. Okay, not a problem. It worked very well. Now, this house is supposedly in fucking Rhode Island, just like the Conjuring house is. Oh, this was the house that was filmed in Jaws back in 1975 by Steven Spielberg. No. Or this is the house that Wes Craven did for Jaws. No. This, most of the stories go from Spielberg to Wes Craven for this stupid house in, in, in Rhode Island that was supposed to be in Amityville in Jaws of 1975. And people, the owners were getting bombarded with people that wanted to do the house. Saying that this house here in Rhode Island was in Amityville movie of Jaws of 1975 from Steven Spielberg. No, it was Wes Craven. Over-exaggerating certain things from a movie or things that paranormal people would, would go and figure out or saying, well, oh, this doll's Annabelle. It's a Raggedy Ann doll, but it's called Annabelle from a fucking cartoon movie saying, oh, it's haunted. It's got stuffing in it. You can't haunt stuffing. You can't... A spirit cannot attach itself to fucking stuffing in a goddamn doll. Well, that's... Just like a... cat. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just like in a Cabbage Patch doll that Don Main City got and changed and rearranged the whole damn thing to be Chucky. But technically, it was supposed to have been my buddy doll. Okay. But nobody... Either way. They, the owners back then of the my buddy dolls didn't want that look to the franchise. Yeah, I know that, but what I'm saying is, is Dominic Cini says, okay, let's get a Cabbage Patch doll, let's rearrange it and it looked like Chucky. Look like a killer doll. Okay, Brad Dorf playing Charles E. Ray from three murderers that have the first name. One murderer was named Ray, another one was named uh, Oswald. Oswald. Lee Oswald. Yeah. Well, Lee, and the other one was whoever. Charles Lee Oswald. Yeah. No. No. Charles, Charles Lee Ray. Charles Lee Ray would be Charles Mason, Lee Harvey Oswald, Ray, whatever his name is. Yeah. And let's get Brad Dorf playing the serial killer to possess this doll. Mm-hmm. It's fucking plastic with goddamn air in it. <laughs> You're going to say it's fucking haunted? It's possessed? Like Robert the Doll and fucking Raggedy Ann, that's Annabelle, and then change it to a porcelain doll saying, oh, this is the upgraded version of Raggedy Ann dolls, which is Annabelle, the true name. And here it is, a porcelain doll. Fucking same thing. It's got stuffing in it, except for the head. Yeah. I'm sorry, but all that shit is bullshit. These people are way over-exaggerating shit. And it's just ridiculous. Mm. Just like with the Conjuring house. One big-ass house, only one floor. That's it. (laughs) But it said it started the movie, The Conjuring, which is 
inspired. Fucking really. three floors. If you look on the outside, you get the first floor, second floor, and the attic. You can't see the damn basement. Mm. And basements don't really count as a floor. And they over exaggerated from the movie and saying that this house is the original Conjuring house. I'm sorry. I call straight up bullshit and over exaggerating the whole damn thing. Mm. Well, just like with the Exorcist house. Supposedly it's in Chicago, Illinois. The child that got possessed in there went to another state. Yeah, Missouri, uh, St. Louis in Missouri, I believe. Well, no, what I'm saying is that when we saw that, the Exorcist house was supposed to be in Chicago, Illinois. But then there's another Exodus, Exodus, uh, Exodus house that's in Missouri. Then there's supposed to be one in Canada. Then there's supposed to be one down in Texas. Then there's supposed to be one in California. And it's like, what the hell? The people in California are not over there anyway. And then we see it on Ghost Adventures. Of the house, uh-huh. supposedly in Chicago, Illinois, where they were told about a young boy in this room that was terrorized by the so-called devil, had markings on his stomach, and he ended up going to Seattle or something like that, another state somewhere else in the West Coast. It's over-exaggerated. This is stuff you can take up with Schrader when you get a hold of him next month. Um, but anyways, let's get to your thing. Yeah. Um, one nope. thing I will say, though... I'll do some other stories another time. And a couple things. What Zach said on the second live that he did for Halloween... Museum. Oh yeah, I know that that whole place is haunted. I know that. Well, I know that. I mean, like the we've section actually where seen it. <coughs> the episode, the um, Halloween episode where he called Museum of Madness, I believe. Yeah. And it had three parts. The second part featured the doll. I'm actually going to put the motherfucker on blast. I ain't talking Zach. Sapera, the way I see it, should not have even come become the fucking owner of that doll. Simply because when I first saw him in person one time at a Convention that they were doing in West Hell Beach to I wanted to see how Lorraine was doing. I instantly picked up on an energy to him and I warned Lorraine if anything happens to you, do not let him own anything you own. 
in your museum. Fortunately, that backfired. Including the doll. He's gonna bake money on that shit. And use your legacy and name for his own pocket. Fortunately, I must... The guy probably doesn't even know who the hell I am. He's lucky he don't. But with Zack, I mean, he did feel something. Um, like something was going on before the doll was even brought out. Like he got like confused or something. And he brings it to Sapphira's attention, and he's like kind of laughing. Not laughing, but he had that laugh look in his eye. It said, "Oh, that's that's what it. Uh, that's what she does. That's what it does. It's opening like the predeterminal realm." And I'm like. There's not even a room called that, you stupid fuck! You are so lucky you never met me. Because Zach's front, the front outside of Zach's museum would have been a fucking playground for me to kick his old ass all over the fucking ground. <laughs> and Zach said it when he was off opening the the do what he had to do to open the case. He said, you know, no spirit is going to possess a doll. An inhuman spirit, demons, or however, can possess an object if the object is made with ill intent. For an individual, and it just stays, and other people end up having issues because of it. Now, Zach Bacon's being an empath, like I am, as well as my brothers are, he would know if it was dark or demonic by looking at it. He didn't even feel that. Were there shit that I can't explain that Zack's equipment was picking up? Yeah. The fucking se second skeletal figure? Next to the doll, and it's not even a living person. But the doll is mapping out a skeletal figure. And moves it to Zack. Zack starts getting all blacked out. Now, something overtakes Zack, and it's of a dark energy, he automatically gets rage. He gets rage and he gets aggression. He didn't have it. Because over the years, people see Zack getting rage or something like that, and that's out of character for him. You know something changes with his eyes. And maybe with his features. He, his eyes did not change. His face did not change. Nor did his demeanor. Not one bit. He did feel an energy to it. 
but it wasn't dark. It wasn't demonic. More like a lost soul. Possibly trying to get removed and uh, be led to go forward. But after the doll's removed, when Zack touches it, even though he was supposed to not touch it, but he just does it and not know that he touched it. Um, it kind of gives that question, what is it? He, Zach, one of the strongest people ever to see in the field. When he first started, yeah. Was he a wisecracker? Was he a bit of a clown himself? Yeah. That was his, that was his, that was who he is. But over the years, after Croft leaves, or got fired from whatever it, all of a sudden, Zack's very timid. And he doesn't do, like, like, he'll go out, he'll leave, en um, uh, leave energy, if he feels it, and it's not of a, of a peaceful energy, if it's something stronger. Once Sapara takes the doll out of the room and leaves with it is when Zack starts getting aggression. It starts feeling rage. He didn't say it on camera, but I've read an interview. He said after Sapera took the doll out of the, out of his museum and left with it, he wanted to go after him and beat the shit out of him. And take it. And, um, and the prelude, where Zach's at a cafe eating lunch with a friend of his, and they get a severe thunderstorm out of nowhere, and a lightning streak bolt hits a light post, right where his car is. It was a brand new car, too. I know. Nice he car. Just, he just got it the day before that he did that prelude. Yeah. And not only that, before the dolls even came out, his machine, that um, penny wishing machine that he had looked just like him, wasn't even plugged in and it said electricity. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't say that. Nope. Then, prelude, lightning bolt, hits lamppost right next to his car. That's something I can't fucking explain. I'm pretty sure Zach hasn't been able to. Um, another... Since my brother Alex was afraid of any doll that had red hair since then. I was just waiting for John Zaffis to pop up and that, that whole so thing just to punch that fucker. Well, due to the fact his, his family, his family, he can't really 
do that, probably maybe out of spec for Lorraine. Um, I mean, ever since my brother Alex saw that thing, he's been afraid of any doll that has red hair. Except he wasn't afraid of you. No. Because you got it. <laughs> you got red hair. I'm not a doll. <laughs> I don't know. I think Richie might disagree with that part. <laughs> to well, an extent, but You even still. know I only did that. I only do the laugh if Alex really pisses me off. Uh, but still. Like with the shit when he did my hair and after he snapped the shit out of whatever the fuck he was on. Richie, one night, to get me to laugh and not be so tense... Literally put the Chucky outfit on with the wig and chased him around the house. Yeah, I know. <laughs> with a real fucking knife. Yes, I know. <laughs> Fortunately, we didn't have cameras back then. Uh, actually, that there was, was a working. Camera. Um, Richie, you couldn't find a camera because we had a couple new cameras, but you couldn't find the one you normally use. It's because Richie set them up all around the house. Just to catch him, catch him in different angles, Jason Alex. <laughs> yeah. That and I dressed dressed up as Chucky dress uh, wrestling mm -hmm. one one time. Scared the hell out of Alex so um, so bad mm -hmm. he forfeited the match by running out of the fucking building. Mm-hmm. And would not even let me through the front door. <laughs> I was like, dude, mm -hmm. I'm not Chucky. I'm your damn sister. What the hell was that? What? Uh, anywho, uh, let's see. Some herbs in here. Properties. We're in the G's. And it's funny how. You're getting emails of people liking my little life story entries into yeah. stuff. Because it's shit I've lived. Yeah. There was one... And by experience. There was one that asked me um, about your hair. Mm -hmm. Before or after I dyed it? One before. Okay. And... After. Mm -hmm. And I said, well... Yeah, she she starts off with doing what she has to do first, and then I put a little prelude just to the extension and get people to laugh. And then I come in, and what you see now is what I did. I actually did all that for her. I actually dyed her hair <laughs> the first time. The first time. Then. You know, it wasn't coming out right. There were still little red streaks in her hair, but you couldn't really see it. And now it's what you see tonight. 100% black. 100% black that I did by myself. With my right arm the way it is, still screwed up. I haven't gotten surgery done it, done to it. And I did that with this hand. Fully. Mm. And I'm, I'm amazed that it came out perfect. This time. But let me see in my photos here if I actually have that picture. 
When people are wondering, I'm okay. I'm just feeling something around me. Because somebody also asked me, because when we were talking about Chucky before. Yeah. And I think on one of the episodes you said you were going to dress up as Chucky. Yeah, that was like last year. I don't think know it was if, like the year before last. Yeah, they they, did. they wanted to see that fo- that photo. I don't think we have it. I'm trying to find it. I don't know if it if it got uploaded to my Google Drive or not. Due to fact, there's with Chucky, there's the male version Chucky, and now there's female versions. The dresses, skirts. I mean, technically, if you think about it, Chucky can be male, or he can be female. And I proved that on quite mo- more than one occasion. Hmm. Feeling something around me, alright. Maybe it's my other one. Something around me, and the fucker with the big ass wings is spying me again. Anywho, um, let's see. Starting with the G's for the herbs and stuff. Uh, Galingal Root. Well, I said that right. I'm having a bit of a buzz, and I'm feeling something around me. Magical uses include winning in court. Not sure. If that's actually true or not, because I've never seen anything like that. Doubling money. I wish. Hex breaking. And sex magic. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> Burn as incense to remove evil spirits and break curses. Carry for protection. To improve psychic abilities and to bring good health. Carry to court to make the judge or jury fear favorable inclined toward you. Uh, that may now. be a theory. That may be a theory because I've never seen that. Wrap money around the root and it will multiply threefold. Okay, yes. Yeah. yeah, I do have them. I do have both of them. Burn vigid, vid, vigilant. Rewind. Burn vigilantly for 14 days before court case, saving the ashes and bringing them to court in a green flannel bag for luck. And gangle root. I've actually seen people use in teas. So it is drinkable. Also called Lou John, Low John, Low John the Conqueror, Lesser Galingel, Galingel, or Galinga, Gallic Root, or Calic Root, Gargot, Qatar root, India root, China root. Okay, here we go. Hold on. I just want to show these pictures. Oh. Uh. This was her. 
It's like a couple years ago. With the Chucky look. Let's fucking do it. Uh, that looks so fat. Hold on. I gotta blow it up some more if I can. Uh. It was a little cold. <laughs> There's her in her Chucky costume for the first part. I uh, look so fat. Where the hell? What the? Okay, this is not working right. I gotta do the other one. That was a month before I stopped talking to my ex-best friend because her son stole my rings. Yeah. And yeah, that's a real knife. And there is the Chucky look <laughs> that she did. Of course, doing the... Uh, what version was this one from? Was it three or four? No. Four? Fourth and five, he had the scars. Yeah. Curse, there was a little bit of scarring, but it was fake plastic that he pulled off. Yeah. Doing all this right here on the nose, on the chin, and on the side here was tough to do, and above the eyeball. It wasn't that yeah. hard. It, it was kind of tough, just to get it just right with the stitching and the dark look of, the, of how the cuts were. That was very hard to do. It wasn't hard. But, yeah. Yeah, Paramount thinks it was a little hard, but it wasn't hard for me. So, yeah. Those are the pictures. For the people that asked to see those pictures, I finally found them. That was yeah, her and Chucky. I look so fat. <laughs> <laughs> My hey, brother's probably going to be like, what did you just call yourself? Hey, you want Should me I to bear... slap you? You want me to bear my embarrass myself? Uh... A friend of mine sent me these these photos. Oh, I saw those. Uh, hold on. Let me get it up first. That was like around the time when you uh, met my brothers, I believe. Right. Here, here's me way back in the day, and I have changed <laughs> so much. I'm gonna get a drink, there. Here's my first one. Me with a busted arm and a fur ball on my lap. <laughs> That's how goofy I looked in the hairstyle that I had. Here's the second one. I look like a geek so much. I am so embarrassed by it. V-neck shirt or sweater-like. Black jeans. A goofy hairstyle and my old glasses which I still have to this day which is surprising and my two-way radio next to the phone at a friend's house um, back then I was part of a camping group and a nonprofit organization that helps with emergencies on so many different communities it was a blast I was the communications officer at the time and here's me at when I first started in the radio broadcasting at STCC, which is me there being a co-host on a very goofy microphone. And yes, that is straight carpet on a DJ stand. 
that went around the whole thing. And that's where I started my radio career. So two pictures, I look like a dork. One, one picture with a broken wrist. And this here with long hair, still the same glasses, my Gatorade hat, a jean jacket that looks like a shirt, and a lead pencil and a regular pen that was red. And this is the picture that Paralor fell in love with of me way back in the time. So, yeah, that's pretty, pretty better than the other two that I look like a dark. But, yeah, that was my famous days way back when. So, <laughs> it sucked. And everything. You get back over here. So, yeah. I look like a dork in the first two, but the other one, I started to grow into myself. And that's when I started my radio career. And it went pretty good for about three and a half years until I burnt myself up. Never had my own show. So, <laughs> go figure. Now, here I am. Years later. And getting back into this from 2016 after my tumor. And I do also have those old podcast shows that I started doing under DCPCREP, other, others also known as DCAST Podcast Radio, everything paranormal at the time. And I am working on trying to get them up onto our website, which, um, <clears throat> excuse me. If I can pull up here, hopefully. Wrong one, as usual. Uh, I gotta type it in first. shows up. There it is. That's our website right there. Let me bring it down some because it's too big. There it is. That's our website that I've been working on and everything. You can find almost anything up here that we're going to do. Upcoming and past live streams, which is all of our episodes. I am still currently working on this whole area here to try to link up every podcast show to our YouTube page or Facebook page, either one. All of our stories that we have done before, which is hugely all the way down, to all the way to the past stories that we have read up here or on the old podcast show, and everything. And I'm working on a new... Um, archives page for more of our past stories that haven't gone up here yet. Um, we have our guests that we have here on the show where you can buy their books. Um, recently in episode 38 we had Alan Wright which yeah. is a 
author and writer, spiritual medium and healer. These are most of his books that I'm finding. I'm still got to put more up. But his latest book was Things to Come, Not Doing So Well, which is right there. There is a link to it right above it and everything. Please buy his book and help him spread the word of his new book that's here, Things to Come. Uh, let him know that you bought his book from our website. Uh, you know, Give him my name, Paramike and Paralore from EPPS 2021 it will really help them out um, I have our other platforms here that's audio I'm still working on some more to get up there plus we have our Facebook feed right there we have our video streaming area so in case YouTube decides to go down and you want to catch on past um, shows that we have done you can go right there, just click on it, it brings you right to it. Up here, we do have a Facebook Messenger, which I'm working on, I'm trying to get it up. Our YouTube channel, um, which we would like to have a regular URL. Um, and it keeps sliding over our email right up here. You can click on that, it goes right to our email address. This will stay up here all Halloween months of October. There's our StreamYard. We do uh, support StreamYard to other people to get it out there. Facebook Live, which is right there, which you can also check out. Um, for mobile devices, we have this up here. It says our shows live streamed. You can click on that on a mobile device, and it'll go right to the page. We also have a comment box. You can leave a comment on the website. Uh, it will pop out at you. I'll show it like this. There it is. You just comment below. I'll keep checking it and I'll try to comment back. Make sure you come back to that. I'm working on a new version now. Hopefully I can get it working properly and then it'll be a lot better. And then we also have our audio podcast page where you can go over there and just listen to every single audio. Phone number to our dark line unfortunately I couldn't write dark line up here because it wasn't accepting it so I had to do Google voicemail which is 724-856-0031 you can leave your paranormal stories there you can keep calling back in it's a free number um, just remember where you left off and everything just continue from it and I will take that audio and I will paste it together and we will share it up here as soon as I can figure out how to actually do it. But thanks to StreamYard, I do have a contact in there. And I'm going to try to do it properly. I'm going to try to get it up and running. Um, if you see me on like our Facebook page or our YouTube page as like a video, it's not a true live stream podcast. It is a test for me to try to figure out if I can get it, if it works um, I'll leave it up there for a little bit longer, keep playing with uh, certain things that I learned um, if you can hear like um, what are they? Sound effects or music in the background from a, from a way I can do it to have it on StreamYard 
leave a comment below and let me know on YouTube and Facebook if it works. I can get rid of that now. Get rid of this. Paralor is back. Yep. So. People probably wondering, uh, is she okay? Oh, yeah, she's fine. fine. She's fine. No, I do feel something around me though. I'm fine. I'm good. Uh, next, Gardena. Gardena? It's a flower. Isn't it also a city? Maybe. Promoting peace, repelling strife, protection from outside influences, carry or wear to attract love or friendship. Friendship, yes. Love is not. No. So so. So so. Burned with other healing herbs to bring peace and comfort to one who is ailing. That's actually, yeah, that's actually right. Use dried flowers and healing incenses and mixtures. Scatter around a room to bring peaceful vibrations. Now, Gardena, it's a flower. Uh, most people, when they hear Gardena, they automatically think flower. Because it's more more known that way. When I hear Gardena, I'm thinking of the city Gardena. No. In California. Uh, I mean, Gardena, they're actually flowers. I believe that you kind of make what are called flower crowns or flower necklaces out of them. Uh, And the fact, um, and I think, I'm not sure on this, this, but I think it's also a, as a candle too, but I think, I'm not sure, don't quote me on that. The guard, the incense of Gardena. I actually know they are incenses up there with that. Garlic is our next herb. Is it for magic, spells, etc.? Food. Or considered stuff of war. Or all three. It's to cook with. Mm -hmm. It's also a spice. Yeah. That you can cook with. Supposedly in a lot of TV series or movies, it's supposed to keep vampires away. <laughs> yeah. Folklore, I don't, I don't really know, or the, I don't even think it's actually true as a folklore, folklore part. The vampire stuff, it is called considered folklore. How? Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to throw you off on, on, on stopping right there, but how? 
How okay. how is garlic, which is grown in the earth, yeah, use it for cooking, yeah, it's a spice, yeah, but how is it a folklore? Three out of four, I can it's understand. It's considered used for folklore. Um, for example, vampires, Bram Stoker. Yeah, it's supposed to keep away vampires. Yeah. Just like, um, oh, God, what the hell is that goofy movie with um, Leslie Nielsen, Nielsen in it? Dracula, Dan Lovinick. Yeah. It's supposed There's to keep him away. There's a folklore for that, too. Garlic repels vampires. Right. That's what the folklore is for that. Okay. <laughs> Magic use, magical uses are, and including, include healing, protection, exorcism. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have to throw it in here. <laughs> That is bullshit. Honestly. <laughs> Bull fucking shit. Uh, re repulsion or repelling vampires. I'm an energy vampire. So like my brother Richie. And it doesn't repel us. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little vampire. Maybe a little vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Although with the way he acts, anybody could be repelled by him. Don't stop it. <laughs> I don't consider Alex being re uh, people being more repelled by Alex than Richie. Come on. But well, the Alex did look like Dumbo. The repelling of vampires for garlic. It is the folklore for that. Anything that's supposed to be vampires or vampiric, garlic would repel that. I can tell you by experience, that is bullshit. Straight folklore. I'm an energy vampire. My brother, Richie, is an energy vampire. We're not repelled by garlic. We like garlic, actually. It's shit in fucking movies that say, oh, it repels vampires. No, it doesn't. It's folklore. No, you, you're just repelled by stupid idiots. Uh, no, that makes them punch them, actually. That's what I mean. You repel the idiots. And purification of spaces and objects. Used to invoke Hecate, a goddess. Guards against negative magic, spirits, and the envy of others. Hang in the home to bring togetherness to the family, or keep your willpower strong. Said to ward off bad weather when worn, or carried during outside activities. Believed to absorb diseases. Rough, rough, fresh, peeled garlic. Against ailing body parts 
then throw the garlic into into running water. Garlic is also called stinkweed. <laughs> hey, you want some of this? It's called stinkweed. Gentian. Add, add an infusion to the bath or po for power and strength. It's it's almost like a tea leaf. Um, Gentian, it's almost like a tea leaf. But you put in the, in, in the bathtub when you're taking a bath. <laughs> Mixing it with other stuff you already use. For example, bath salts, which I use, the rose, set, the rose ones, have what's called gentian in the ingredients. Most people don't notice. <laughs> Garinia, overcoming negative thoughts and attitudes. Not so sure on that. Lifting spirits, promoting protection and happiness, repels insects. That's insects, not incense. People prob probably have a question mark over their head. What does that mean? Repels insects. It means it gets, it keeps, it's said to keep away insects, which means bugs, away from your home and out of your home. So, yeah, I'm saying insects. As in folks. Not incest. It's bad. Um, I'm just going through my phone here. Uh-huh. Balances mind and body, it says. And I know earlier I talked about Margot Robbie and Suicide Squad and stuff. Uh, yeah. Well... I just came across this, and I can't believe I just did. What? And everything. And it goes, see Margo, Margaret Robbie as Dazzler in an X-Men film. Maybe she is. But the way the, way the first picture is, she looks like an ice skater. So? One that we've seen on um, the that show there on True TV. Uh, refresh from memory because there's a lot of shit on True TV we sometimes watch. The blonde chick. She was a she was a former ice skater. Uh, Tanya Harding. Yes. Uh-huh. That's Margot Robbie looking like Tanya Harding. Mm. Okay. Now, for her role in a DC <laughs> Universe style... Yeah. 
She's going to be doing a, a, like a musically themed X-Men uh, with the Red Hood and, and uh, Miss Jolie yeah. as Silver Sable, Vin Diesel as Mr. Phrase, and Margot Robbie as the Dazzler, and... That's what she's supposed to look like as a superhero. As the Dazzler. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try my best to send this to you. And <coughs> you read through the whole thing. Find some more information on this goofy thing. And then we'll do a podcast show on it. Just for you guys. Let's see. But back to the herbs. Okay. I'm really not feeling right right now. Alright, then. It's not what I was drinking earlier, either. Although it is, but I can tell it's something. Alrighty, Ro. Well, we're going to stop here since Paradolor is not feeling good right now. Um, We say goodnight, and... We'll be back next week if we can can fill it in. Well, if uh, one person gets back to me and lets me know what day, we might do it next week. So, see ya guys. Enjoy this video, or this live stream video if you watch it afterwards. Leave a comment below. If you're on Facebook, give us a like, give us a heart, give us a funny laughing face or whatever. If you're on YouTube, click that like button, hit that subscription, hit that notifications on all, and help us get to our goal. One thousand would be perfect so we can get an actual URL of youtube.com slash EPPS 2021. Good night, everybody. Bye. I have to get my outro. I forgot about it. (laughs) I didn't have it set up. Bye.